The following program is recommended for ages 18 and over due to adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a look at some of the sometimes steamy inside of Hollywood with your host, Hollywood executive and former Victoria's Secret model, Summer Helene. Our program features the gossip, the dish, and the stories of what's really going on behind your favorite movies, television shows, and celebrities from the people who are involved in the industry. Now, here is your host, Summer Helene. Do you have a desire to be famous? Do you want hordes of people screaming your name? Then ask your therapist if Hollywood's right for you. Hollywood, I swear to fucking God, I'm going to kill my assistant. I go through this whole spiel in the, in the beginning. Kaylee, you're not supposed to make noise when I'm live. Ugh. Does anyone else have an intern they want to secretly smack? And no, I'm kidding. I actually, she's amazing. She just started. I don't think any of us told her that. So my poor assistant's in the background. She's like, okay, I'm doing this thing that I was told to do. Why is everyone glaring at me? Feed I feel kind of bad. To the lions. <laughs> yeah. To the arena. Um, hi, guys. Welcome to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. We are on with my co-host, the baddest bear in the cage, Bear Fiorda. Hi. And we are going to be talking about a whole lot of Hollywood today. But to start off, we are going to be talking about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. What do you think about what's going on there? That's all that needs to be talked. That's the biggest thing in Hollywood and has been for the past week, two weeks and a half, ever since he won the trial. Uh, And actually, you brought up a very interesting point that I wasn't thinking about a lot of time. And that is, we're we're all excited Johnny won. At least I am. I, I think he deserved to win in this case, especially everything that happened. But... He was also not the best dude. Like some of the things she allegate, uh, uh, what's alleged? Alleged he did. He probably did. I mean, at least the emotional abusive stuff or the verbally abusive stuff. Maybe. Yeah, it was I don't on think video. the physical, but it was you gotta, on video. Got, what's up? It was on video. Right, we could hear it, but it got drowned out. And the the problem is, it's when you're not fighting a good versus evil. Right. It's evil versus evil, and who's more evil? Oh well, by far the person who shot in the bed. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so that's what's going on there. I watched one of the best breakdowns I got was from uh, I saw was from uh, Dr. Grande on YouTube. Yeah. If you guys get a chance, he does an amazing breakdown. Um, I know, and and I'm shouting him out not because he is he's referenced us in like his uh, his Joshua Fabia video, but I'm I watch his stuff, which is how I knew he referenced us. He made a Joshua Fabia video. He did, and I, he referenced our show. Um, but the thing is. What really caught me and the thing that really kind of I felt like uh, did it dirty yeah. was it's it's fine to acknowledge, yes, she absolutely um, did the wrong thing. But had this been a bench trial rather than a jury trial, yeah. he would have lost. Because you had to look at the rea- – I think for one thing, media obviously swayed, obviously had a it hand It should in not this. have been televised. 100% had a hand in what happened in that trial. Um, and I think if the judge took a look at the evidence from both sides and probably decided, God, you're – both not the best people. Neither of you deserve to win and just throw the whole thing out. That said, just because of what I've heard and because I'm also saturated with media and I have my own opinions, go Johnny. I'm glad he won. I'm glad he got his 10 oh, I, mil or whatever I, I get it. Is, I'm a huge mil. Johnny Depp fan. I'm simply saying like when it's, it's like politics in the yeah. U.S., I hate your politics in this country. It's so stupid. You guys are going for like who's least bad. You're not voting for the person you want. You're voting for who's least bad. It's funny you ask people, you know, why, why did you vote for this person? Well, I didn't like the other guy. And so it, it always comes That's down it. to That's it. It's not you... about who you did like. Yeah. 
you know, I, 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 what's it? Uh, my my mother at the time was gonna vote for John McCain back in 2000, uh, 2008. Mm-hmm. and she was she was one of the few people who can be like, who are you voting for and why? John McCain because I like this. But the moment he brought on Palin, mm-hmm. the moment he brought on Sarah Palin, she's like, oh, don't like that guy. Gotta go with Obama. I, I gotta say that that's kind of where I got to. And for anyone that doesn't know, Sarah Palin's a drunk. Like, there's a whole thing. She did this wild Alaska show. I knew a couple of the people that worked on it. Yeah. She was drunk the entire fucking time. And her husband, I'd like to remind everyone, every time you use bad language on the show, we give money to the Boys and Girls Club of America, the Humane Society of America, and free MMA. We swear because we care. Fuck yeah. Uh, but so she was drunk the entire time. Okay. But the worst of it was she was talking about how she agreed with her husband who had tried to start a separatist movement to make Alaska its own country and secede from America. While being the governor of Alaska? Yeah, she was pretty drunk at the time, though. Wow, I mean, hold on. Drunk thoughts are oftentimes mm-hmm. your honest thoughts. I mean, that's just no inhibition. Not really. Like, I get drunk, and I am like, do you know what would be the best idea? What? Home haircuts and home makeovers. Well, okay. That is not my normal Your thoughts. inhibitions go out the door, but it's got to be somewhere in the back you have where you're like, man, I could really cut my own hair today and be do a good job. Maybe she thought, man, we should really succeed from the United States. The last States. time you and I job. sat down and were drinking wine during the pandemic, I gave myself bangs. I gave myself fringe. Do you remember how bad did that you, turned hold out? Hold on. Did you do that when you were drunk or did you do it the next day? I did it when I was drunk. Oh, my God. I don't remember and that. And you were part of it. <laughs> but how did I'm my really fringe glad you look? I cut my hair that day. <laughs> how did my fringe look? I don't remember. It, it came up like halfway up my forehead. It was completely did you wrong. Did those TikTok trend fringes? I, I did. It was oh, terrible. Okay. It was terrible. Now. No, that's it was quite- not good. That's quite all right. Uh, I want to double back real quick because I forgot to mention a point. I think the biggest reason why people were one on Johnny's side, but two, why he actually got a definitive decision here, not to mention he still owed her money too. This wasn't like all one-sided, but it's because she lied so damn much and so poorly lied. Like her team did not help her. I don't know what. Yeah, she had a terrible team. I don't know what those lawyers were telling her behind closed doors. I mean, it, it was awful. You can find TikTok videos and YouTube shorts all over the place of people picking apart what she had said and honestly turning them into memes like they were just it's, hilarious it's, she did lie pretty aggressively it was very weird i the, i think the only problem i seriously had with johnny depp's side was uh when johnny depp had his lawyer come in and say why didn't johnny depp look you in the oh, eyes yeah and that was is that it because really... he said he'd never look you in the eyes again after you guys you know went through all this and i was like dude whoever decided that it was okay to say that needs to be smacked I think I remember uh, someone jumping on that too. A relatively big person or figure mm-hmm. had jumped on that for a moment too. I, I remember that seeing that in some of the articles and news. It was really bad. It was I'm just like, it was uh, unnecessary above anything else. Like, why bother? Why are you creating drama? Yes, exactly. Like, dude, you're winning. Shut up. <laughs> you're already ahead. You just stop making it harder on yourself. It was, it at this was, point. it was pretty bad. But all of that being said, mm-hmm. uh, I hope, I hope the verdict was right. None of us were there. Yeah. If he was abusing her, I'm, I'm sorry. I know they'll appeal. I hope she gets a new team. Yeah. Um, which is ironic because the lady she hired is supposed to be one of the best lawyers in the state. You're right. She is. She's won tons of accommodations. She's been the top lawyer in some uh, commendations. Sorry, what? Commendations. What did I say? Accommodations. Oh, no, sorry. She wasn't giving living quarters. She was mm-hmm. giving awards. Have you been hit in the head recently? A lot. Okay. Um, but anyway. <laughs> That's right. You have a fight coming up. You have been hit in the head. Oh, uh, yeah. I might have two, actually. When's your, okay, when's your first one? Uh, July 8th. And then the next one's supposed to be mid-July, like a few days later. I don't know what weight class. I don't know where it is. The guy has not... It's supposed to be like an online TikTok sort of fight thing, but we're doing it through an actual label. I just don't know any of the details yet we don't have any we don't even have his agreement yet he just told me he'd hit me up about it <laughs> so we'll find out okay so you so you're getting online to pick a fight and punch somebody yes 
That does not sound healthy. I'm picking fight with all TikTokers. Now, really? guaranteed, there are some who can beat me. I'm sure there are. Well, out that's there. fantastic. Until I mean, you... Sam's one of them for sure. Oh, God. Sam He's would be a TikToker. <laughs> no, he definitely beat the brakes off me. But yeah, so that's what's updating my life. Uh, I want to run back to that. How much weight have you lost for the fight? So far, mm -hmm. we went from two to right now, it's probably sitting around 185. So I got a little bit more to go before I admit he did hit the actual 170. So you've lost like 15 pounds in a month. Yeah, I got another 15 to go. Oh my God. How do you lose 15 pounds in a month? It's your diet. <laughs> it's my diet. Struggle. So you're eating bonbons? You're eating bonbons? No. It's, it's, a, it's a soft struggle. We have a good time doing it. Lots of vegetables, lots of water. What's the hardest part? Dieting. So dieting as a whole. The hardest part is just dieting. Yeah, and if you take the tea out, it's still the same. Dying? Dying. <laughs> that, was, that was clever. <laughs> that was very, very clever. Thank you. I have like a random, this is going to sound so odd, I have a random eyebrow hair that's like bugging me um, because it's longer than the others and I need to trim it. You know, I heard there are, pl there are plenty of people, famous Hollywood people, such as you're still, you're more famous on the inside, but famous Hollywood people in general who have ticks where they pull on their different hairs, either their eyebrow hair, their beard hair, their hair on top of their head. Is it just a thing with all Hollywood people? Do you guys Alexis, all I need ticks? some tweezers, a mirror, and scissors, please. Oh, you're doing it right now like, live on the radio it's, show. Dude, it's really bugging. If only, if only we had face cams, you guys could see her picking you away. You can see me live. If you go, we're all, so at uh, Tune in BTS, yeah. where we go live 24-7, like they're watching me. I can see them judging me. Judging, judging, always judging. I'm judging. You're judging. Yeah, we're live on YouTube, Tune in BTS, and Facebook, Tune in BTS. Damn near 24 hours a day where you guys can watch the daily activities of yours truly and, you know, the people who also live in my life. Hmm. Now, here's a more important one. Okay. What made you decide to take this fight? The one on July 8th? Yeah. Because it was offered? Did you just fight? Cause... I'm not... Like, here's the thing. I can be choosy based on my opponents, but most of the time the matchmakers do a fantastic job at... Of, uh, putting together fights for me personally and the, I think the guys who I go with as well for one um, but yeah we should, it's good matchup so let's take it okay I have a really really important question to you You okay so you think Johnny Depp uh, got the right result right I think okay so given what you said and kind of looking into a little more and seeing how it could have been really swayed by the media I'd say he got a relatively fair result I don't think it was nearly as bad as she made it out and he lost a ton of work because of it and a lot of his reputation because of it. But I do believe that there's always a little bit of truth behind every story. Lies are generally never 100% outright bull. They're usually hints of the truth that are greatly fabricated or greatly enlarged. Um, so like I, guys talking about the penis. So exactly. You know, if he says he's got eight inches, he's really about he's really pushing three and a half at best. That's um, not a small lie. Five inches is a pretty big lie. Well, five, five inches is big depending on the scenario. How so? Well, five inches in terms of room inside your house, not very big at all. Five inches in penis size, that's very big. You think a five-inch penis is large? No, five inches additional. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but then you're talking just, about like so a 13-inch... I just made so many men happy for a second, and then I just took it away immediately. <laughs> I was like, well, then you're talking about a 13-inch, like a 12 or a 13-inch penis. This is what we're talking about now, penis sizes. Okay, in my defense. Yeah. Uh, You're going to defend penis sizes? No. Two inches is perfectly adequate. For a field mouse. For a field mouse. Yeah. Two, two inches of terror. Why do guys focus so much on their penises? 
I think this is a stigma. I think people, if it, if it's small, they get offended by it because it's you know I, I have the tiny schlong. No one wants me. No one wants to be with a guy without with the tiny penis. But I don't really know particularly why. I'm sure there are some women out there, or some guys, if you roll that way, who are perfectly fine with your smaller shaft. I don't know how to say it without offending people. Okay, now that this has devolved into penis talk, we are going to go to break. When we come back on, we are going to be on with Jean-Marco Sorosi. He's a New York-based stand-up comedian. You guys were really excited last time he was on, had lots of questions for him, and we didn't get to any of them. He has a large following on TikTok. Uh, I was going to say... 300,000? Over 300,000 Over, over 300,000. I think that is fantastic. Every time I look at it, I'm like, ah, I need my glasses. That's okay. I'm tired. He's a comedian. He's an actor. He's absolutely hysterical. You guys loved him last time. I'm excited to have him back on. We'll be speaking to him right after the break. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. Racers and Rental Cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. We are on with my co-host, the baddest bear in the cage. The, actually, I want to say hairiest bear in the cage. As per usual. As usual. And our very, very special guest, uh, Jean-Marco, Jean-Marco, how do you pronounce this? John uh, Marco. Okay, you know I had that part. It was the last name I had trouble with. <laughs> Serrazi, like crazy. Crazy, Serrazi, like Go. crazy. Okay. But in high school, people they called they would call me Serrazi, so gazy. So that, you know, remember it however you want. <laughs> See, that is perfect. That is perfect. I know I had trouble with it last time too. I had so many people write in. They're like, "Are you stupid?" I'm like, "Oh." Oh, they're so kind to you. I know. In my, I've taken a lot of Nyquil, guys. Be nice to me. So you've been a stand-up comedian. You're on tour right now. Where are you touring? 
Uh, right now I'm in San Diego, uh, headlining in San Francisco Sunday, Sacramento Wednesday, and Seattle Thursday. Well, you're headlining. All over. That's, that's All over. a hell of a trek. Oh, yeah. That's, that's the life. I'm just traveling every, every day, every two days, and if my flight doesn't get canceled, I got a gig that night. Is it hard on your relationship traveling that much? Oh, it's brutal. It's it's uh it's it's brutal figuring out how to communicate. My you know my girlfriend she she wants to try uh, phone sex, so I, I gave her the number for some of my friends. Um, <laughs> that's not really my bag, but uh, it's tough on a relationship. How how is it on on the road for you personally? I don't know. You get up every day. You try to find some kind of adventure. You you go to the thing. The place is known for it. Ends up being closed the one day you're there, and then you just get stoned and walk around for five hours. <laughs> it sounds like a it's, constant it's, it's, Vegas trip. Yeah, it's it's the most Vegas, Vegas trip. It's the, it's, it's the next. I mean, at least series. at least in California, I can I can go to the dispensaries. I uh, yeah. I went to my first uh, pot dispensary today, and uh, uh, I asked the guy for something to help me sleep at night. And he was like, have you tried being a better person? So <laughs> I'm working on that. I like that. That was brilliant. I'm still that's that a tagline. That is brilliant. Now, what's, been, what's your most exciting city? What's the city that you always have kind of the biggest crowd and the most fun? Um, let's see. I was... Uh, I was just in Arkansas, which I did not expect to have people who knew me there. Uh, but but I ended up having a lot of folks come out. It was a uh, it was a tough weekend because it was Walmart was having their their shareholders weekend party that weekend, and I guess in Arkansas that's a big deal. So um, uh, I was competing with like a free Christina Aguilera concert and then a free Jonas Brothers concert. But uh, I had a lot of people in the South. I was surprised. A lot of people in the South. So would you say that was probably one of your most fun venues, or do you have one that you always love to hit, or one in particular? Um, I love uh, Houston. I've been to Houston a lot. Houston. And Houston is a good time. Yeah. Good food. Good Mexican food. Um, but I like anywhere that people are willing to see me. Other than that, I really have no preference. San Diego's nice, but uh, if they don't turn out tonight, then screw San Diego. I'm done. <laughs> that's it's, okay. You need to go to San Francisco, then everyone's coming out. Oh, that's funny. I'm I, sorry. I had someone ah, write that in on go. Twitter. I had someone write it in on Twitter, so I had to use it. That's clever. Um, sure, I thought it was clever. Sure. So how did, how did you become a stand-up comedian? That's one of the things, one of the questions everyone's asking you on Twitter. That's one of the things that gets asked constantly. How do you become a stand-up comedian? How do you get into that gig? Like, it's not exactly, yeah. you know, the, the, the career path that most people would pick, and you can't go to school for it. Yeah, I mean, I think the best way to get in, first you go to college for musical theater. You get $200,000 in debt. Then you quit musical theater, and that's how you become a comedian. That's that's the uh -huh. quickest route I've seen um, is being a failed actor. People always ask me, they say, how's how's my acting career going? And I say, I, I don't know, how, how often do you see Meryl Streep headline in Arkansas? 
Um, <laughs> but listen, people become stand-up comics all sorts of ways. Some some fail into it. Some start young. But you just go to an open mic. You just go. You find. You Google. There's always open mics in every every corner of the world, and uh, you try to make. Usually they're pretty bad shows. They're other comedians just thinking about when they're going to go up. But that's how you meet people and find out who's producing the shows. And uh, maybe you produce your own shows. And you just gradually get known for being funny and reliable. And then one day you can be in Arkansas, too. That, I love I like that. that. One day you can also one day, be one day you can go down to the deep south too. What was it? What was it like for your first few experiences at an open mic? I, I imagine that's where you started as well. Yeah, I was always a theater kid, so like it was. I was a little more comfortable on stage than I think the uh, average person just starting out. But I, uh, I think it's surreal because when you start performing stand-up comedy. You, you, you kind of have two options for shows. One is an open mic where anyone can sign up, or two are these things called bringer shows, where some comedy clubs, usually the uh, less good ones, will let you perform on their stage if you bring 10 to 15 people, all paying $25 cover charge and uh, uh, two-drink minimum. And so the thing is when you perform for those shows, the it's crowd is electric. It's your friend. Yes, it is. It's absolutely an, an MLM. But, but I, I don't know if it's multi-level. I think it's just one <laughs> single level of scale. Gotcha. Uh, and that's kind of where it ends. So MLM is too, is too kind a word to call Bringer Shows <laughs> that. But, but uh, those shows can be electric. I mean, I can't tell you the number of shows that I do where the closer is just some guy who lost a fantasy football bet. And uh, that was that was his punishment was he had to perform and all his friends are there. And I go, wow, this is my career that someone loses into the <laughs> best spot of the night. Bet in fantasy football and they went up to put in this uh, to try and be on the same stage as you. So technically your job is yeah. a punishment for other people. Pretty much. That pretty is... much. That's why that's why some people don't trust comedy clubs. I mean, would you trust restaurants? If, like, whoever brought the most customers got to, like, cook the salmon that night, whether it was their first time or not, you'd be skeptical. <laughs> so, I, 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 uh, no, I have so you do those shows. Your friends are there. They're laughing. You feel like, wow, you know what? I'm really good at this. And then you go to an open mic with a bunch of comedians who have heard every version of every joke a thousand times. And that's when you find out, oh, I suck. And uh, you just try to not suck for the rest of your life. What is the joke you told that bombed the hardest? Oh, yeah. boy. I, uh, there's some I can't tell. I got to find the one that I can tell on the radio. Oh, oh you can send whatever really you want. If you, use, if, if you use bad language, yeah. money goes to charity. It goes to the Boys and Girls Club, the Humane Society. It does not matter what you say. They'll, clean, they'll, they'll fix it in post um, if it's terrible. <laughs> okay, so, so you, have, you have to understand that uh, incest jokes, no one really likes incest jokes. <laughs> no one. You're not going to like this joke, just so you know. Like, it's not even going to be fun. We're not even going to enjoy it, but I'll tell it to you, and then Please. we can move on. You're not going to enjoy it. I, I, I think I had a joke. I said, um, oh, I, I, I think I'm attracted to women who look like my mom. 
because every woman I've ever slept with has been one of my sisters. So there you go. There's a joke <laughs> that uh, bombs. <laughs> now, logically, though, it's a clean joke. It makes sense mathematically. But, uh, no, that bombs very hard. You you apply science to it and it makes total <laughs> so sense. So logistically, logistically, that joke should work. It, but it only works in theory. It could have been – you keep talking about being in Alabama. Maybe people took it personally. Sure. Maybe that's what it was. They just were like, and? and what else? <laughs> Your point? What's the punchline to this? <laughs> There's got to be more. So do you think the audience uh, – it's, it's uncomfortable with incest or – yeah, I'm going with uncut. You know what? Yeah. Do Do you think it kind of depends yeah, on the audience? Yeah, I think. Hit. We say that one more time. I was wondering, do you think it applies more on the audience as far as who your jokes resonate with? Which ones, like, let's say your audience in Fresno for some reason hits way better than it does with someone over in the sticks out in the south. Well, you know, everyone from the south yeah. is going to stop listening to this show. We've insulted them thirty times. Oh my god. <laughs> I, uh, I'm sure you had a big Southern base. I, um, I think it just depends on how you've presented yourself to the audience. So sometimes if I present myself like, hey, these jokes are going to be absurd, so you don't have to actually think that I do the things I say in the joke. And then other times I might like, you know, I might be ranting, speaking more from myself. And then I throw in one of those weird ones, and they go, whoa, holy shit, is that who you are? <laughs> um, and it just depends on, like, I have a joke. Um, I'll, I'll, I had a, and this, this was true, uh, last year in my apartment building, a registered sex offender moved into my building. And um, I had these upstairs neighbors who immediately moved out because they have three young kids. So now I bring this guy everywhere. Oh my God! Someone tries to sit there. Someone tries to sit their kid next to me on the train. I'm like, I love children, but so does Gary. And like, <laughs> you know, you either are like, oh, it's silly. He doesn't actually bring this guy around with him, or you're like, oh my God, this man hates children so much he brings a sex offender around with him to keep them away. It depends what mood you're in, you know. I Do, kind does of find anyone it actually? That take you yeah, seriously. that that would be the whole point. Like, who's taking that seriously, and what? And and how do you remove the stick? Like, that's I, yeah. You you got to warm them up. You, I, I don't open with that joke. I'll tell you that one. I used to try <laughs> to see if I could open with that joke, and I never could because the audience was like, they didn't know me, they didn't trust me, they didn't like <laughs> me, and uh, like it's like a first date. That's no way to start the conversation. <laughs> I like that. So, so first dates, no pedophile jokes. Got it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna mark that down. We are going to go to break, guys. When we come back, we are going to be on with Jean Mar Marco Soresi. So Scorsese? No, my God. <laughs> guys, Soresi. if you can pronounce Soresi. it, and I can't, like, just write in. Tell me how to pronounce this properly, and if you can do it, I will give you a ride at Offroad Rentals in Palm Springs, California. Uh, by the way, I want to give a quick shout out. To uh, Hero Heels by Artfire. Thank you for making me look fab at Comic-Con. Embassy Suites by Hilton in Phoenix downtown. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And we have some giveaways for the show today. We have a ride at Off-Road Rentals in Palm Springs, California. A float at True Rest, Sedona or Las Vegas. A gift certificate for Asper Mills Bakery. A tote bag from Palm Springs General Store. And a painting from Edwards Gallery. Those are our giveaways for this week. We have a whole bunch of them. 
So write in, tell me what giveaway you want, and for God's sake, help me pronounce his name. I'm getting this wrong. Just find his social media and tell me how to pronounce it. We'll be right back after this. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back Behind the Scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. I'm on with my co-host, the baddest bear in the cage. I still maintain we need to change it to the hairiest bear in the cage, Bear Fiora. And our very, very special guest, Jean-Marco Grossi. Seraci. Oh, my God. Oh, my fucking God. (laughs) I'm having a stroke. All right, guys, help me out on that. Make sure to go follow him and tell me how to pronounce it before he finds out I can't. Uh, I actually follow him on TikTok. I think he's fabulous. If you guys check him out, he's funny as hell. One of the questions I have to ask you, you have a podcast. Yeah. What? Okay. The one that you have not, th- that's the downside. One that you have not had us on, by the way. Um, oh. What, so, <laughs> uh, so you have this podcast. What's, what's that about? Like, what's your podcast about? Where is it? And why in the fuck would you do a podcast? Those are so hard. I know. I just, listen, I, I said, that's the medium. I like to talk. The downside, <laughs> it's uh, me and my buddy, Russell Daniels. We have guests on, uh, uh, creatives or, you know, chefs or exercise teachers. It's the whole gamut. And we just try to, try to talk about all the shitty stuff in their life. Uh, we like to say that we uh, uh, celebrate negativity. We try to debunk silver linings. And I just feel like, I feel like, uh, whether it be social media or, you know, even radio shows, that people sometimes present kind of a positive 
view of themselves. They're kind of like, you ever talk to someone and feels like you're talking to their PR manager at the same fucking time? Like, I yes. want a show <laughs> where people could, like, talk about, you know, their shitty upbringing or uh, why they're, why where they grew up sucked and their family and their relationship and what's going wrong in their career and a place where they can feel safe. That I, I, you're never going to hear me say on the show, uh, well, you know, you should be grateful. Well, at least be thankful that you have your health. It's some place where people can let loose, complain about the big, complain about the small. And uh, it ends up being very Jewish. I'm Jewish. <laughs> it wasn't my goal, necessarily. I'm, I'm culturally Jewish, which Just means you- that I have all the anxiety of, of regular Judaism without the comfort of God. But uh, uh, it's, it's a good time. Uh, the podcast, so it's, and it's, it's, it can get dark, but it's funny overall. So it's just a good place to kvetch. Yes, kvetch. Originally, I wanted to call it kvetch, but some other, some other guy already took it. And then no one they stopped doing the podcast, but it was copywritten and whatever. And what a I dick. I kvetch about it on the pod. That's another giveaway. That's another way giveaway we'll do, guys. Write in, tell me what kvetch means. And if you do it right, you can choose one of our giveaways. And speaking of giveaways... Jean-Marco Scorsese? Uh, I maybe am, do, do a Jewish. Gold, Goldblum. Jean-Marco <laughs> Goldblum. How about that? Jean-Marco Goldblum. Perfect. <laughs> uh, he's going to be doing a couple of giveaways uh, his, for, for tickets. So you want to tell us about that? Because I want everyone to go yeah, see yeah. Uh, So if you, if you message me, first to message me on my Instagram, Jean-Marco Scorsese, if you can pronounce it, uh, I'm going to give two free tickets away. Uh, for my show in San Francisco, this is on Sunday at Cobb's Comedy Club. Uh, Wednesday, this Wednesday, Sacramento Punchline. And Thursday, I'm at the Crocodile in Seattle. So first person to write me, I'll give you two free tickets. Fuck it. I like that. See? Um, make sure when you write him, you get his name right. He gets really pissy. Like, during the ads, he's yelling. No, I'm kidding. He's, he's been really sweet about it. I'm Dreaming working on yelling. that, though. <laughs> he's been yelling. No, he's been really sweet. Um. But go check him out, guys. Write him. Go track down his social media. We will put up a link. Go find him. Go get those tickets. Now, I know uh, we get some people listening to it live. Most people listen to it uh, in, in, the, uh, in the rerun. So write quickly because anyone listening to this live is going to have a jump start on you all listening to it in the recording. I'm just saying. So you got into doing this. You, you do this podcast. Um, what is the, it's, it's not called Kvetch. What is the podcast actually called now that we've sold a podcast that no longer exists called sure. Kvetch? Sure. It's called The Downside. The Downside. Uh, I, I actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I, I love this premise, but I wouldn't know anything about it because I'm personally very perfect. So oh, yeah. No, was, I'm just stacking, sure, thinking sure. of all my clients because I'm, I'm a media strategist. I'm like imagining when you're talking about the silver lining, yeah. I'm the idiot standing behind them going, fucking smile. Don't, don't <laughs> like, tell them the truth. Yeah. Lie. <laughs> That's what we do for the press pictures. I smile and I ask the guests to look as miserable as they possibly can. (laughs) So I'm I'm a PR person's worst nightmare. I love that, though. Everyone always thinks Hollywood, especially stand-up comedians, except for the guy that just used the Phil Hartman example that wrote in on Twitter. He's like, aren't all comedians miserable? Didn't, like, Phil Hartman shoot his wife? Oh, my God. I was like, I think she shot him. Wait, no, okay. no, Phil Hartman's <laughs> wife killed him. That's why he's that's why, that's why, like, this, this went a little left. That's why he's miserable. He got shot. Yeah, he, no, he's dead. Oh, I beg your pardon. He's I dead. like what they, they say, they, they always say that the, the funniest people are really depressed down inside. But I'll tell you, some of the least funny comedians I know are pretty depressed, too. 
So I don't know <laughs> if there's an exact correlation. I'm, yeah, I'm not sure. The, uh, so for you doing this podcast, the downside, you talk about all the bad stuff that goes on kind of behind the scenes. Um, I, I once got sued over doing that. How do you, how do you get people to open up about that? Because especially if you're talking to people like in the entertainment industry, like, you know, my end of it or like bears end of it with the fight game, you have people that are like, well, if I say anything, I'm going to get fired. Yeah. It's, it's, you gotta just like make them feel comfortable, make them feel like it's a safe space for them. And it can be tough. I get people sometimes where it's really tough to make them crack and they're just doing that thing. They're just trying to show that they're appreciative or happy. And I don't know. I try to tell, I try to tell people just if you, if you're trying to build like fans, no one wants that. No, no one wants this weird glossy version of a human being. It gets very tiresome. Yeah. There's, there's no joy in that. Like maybe you'll be, get famous or maybe you'll be successful, but like how miserable. How, the reason I came up with the podcast and I said, what kind of mood can I be in once a week? It's a lot of work to do a show once a week. And I'm like, well, I know the mood that I'm most comfortable in and it's, it's complaining my ass off. Well, you got to look at even like the Kardashians. They sell the glossy image, but in every single episode, you have Kim Kardashian doing ugly cry face. I know a lot of people that work with her. She does not even have an ugly cry face, but she does ugly cry face. Unless she would be upset by me saying that, then she's perfect, and that is her crying face. <laughs> have you have you ever tried to maybe open up with a pedophile joke to get them to be? Oh my god! <laughs> no, it's an incest joke. Sure, sure. Incest joke. Sorry. <laughs> uh, we'll double it up. Most... We'll, we'll make it the whole. <laughs> an incest pedophile joke. Uh, who was the most fun person you ever had on the show, and who was the most difficult? Ooh. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, most difficult. Most difficult, I have to tell, during a, a commercial break. Of course. But, okay, uh, fair. We, <laughs> we just, you know, like, sometimes what's best is when you have someone who is, like, left behind uh, a profession. So we just had yeah. uh, Joe Dombrowski, who's a big TikTok star in his own right, and he was a teacher. He taught uh, like fourth grade, I believe. And now he's like a touring comedian and performer and he's killing it. But because he used to be a teacher, he can really talk all the smack and talk all the truth about what it was like. So we had like a really good conversation about when he was going through school and, and the ways that they said, like, you need to hide that you're gay before you teach. And um, just just dealing with the academic system and and dealing with, like, going viral online and the school was really concerned about what you were going to say about them. So those, that's the best kind of interview. It's someone who's ready to, to burn a bridge. That's, that's the kind of person uh, you want. I've got someone you should have on the show. Her name's uh, Ellie Ringo from uh, Ellie Knows Rocks. She's an actual geologist. She's uh -huh. a scientist. She's huge on TikTok. But she got fired as a geologist because of her TikTok then got put on an international television show and made the villain uh, without her consent. Like, the whole thing was just weird. It turned into this twisted thing. You want behind the scenes in the science community? That would be the person to talk to. Just I, because I've never heard so out. much go so wrong. <laughs> yeah. So much go so wrong for one person. It was very, very weird. Uh, plus, I think you could probably get more out of her than I do. I'm just saying. <laughs> Please? She, she always tries that to... That'd be great. So... You've got this, you've got the show, you've got, you've got people opening up, you're on tour. How do you do the show and the tour? Do you pre-record? Um, how, how do you handle doing that? 
we pre-record, and then like I was just in LA for a little, and I will rent out a studio for like four hundred fucking dollars, and then my guest will cancel on me last minute, and uh, <gasps> I, I check in with my sister. I check in with my sister, like, All right, could you be a backup guest if I can't get someone with more Instagram followers? <laughs> so uh, I make it do. I pre-record. I do uh, studios on the go, and hopefully we're going to get some sponsors for this thing soon, and I can actually just afford to rent a studio wherever I go. Because I want to travel with it. You know, I want to find people, not just, not just actors on the coast. So uh, that's, that's the plan. I'm curious. Is there a reason why you rent a studio versus just have, like, so because carry long through, recording equipment? You, you got to film it. You know, it was so weird. Some of my episodes... They, they get more views on YouTube than listens on the podcast channel. And you're like, all right, if that's how you want to consume it, fine. Whatever you want, people. <laughs> Just fucking consume watch it. it. I will give it to you. <laughs> so these these days, you just got to see what's, what's clicking and then lean in. Just lean into the skid. That's fair. For you, you're traveling, you're quite a well-known comedian, you're big on social media. Where do you get most recognized from? Uh, uh, TikTok, I think probably the most. I was I was actually in New York once in Times Square, and um, someone recognized me from my TikTok videos, and I, I said, uh, I, I went to go shake his hand, and his mom pepper sprayed me. So that's the only problem <laughs> with TikTok, is that uh, it's a young fan base. It's tough to have a fan base that's that's uh, not allowed in the comedy clubs yet. Like, I, I think I'm going to have to start touring daycares <laughs> and uh, enforce, like, a, a two Capri Sun Pack minimum or something. <laughs> but I, I know I'm going to be so famous in, like, 16 years. I know it. It's going to be huge. When everyone's old enough. I, to, to, to get into the e clubs. Even being in my – even being on, on, like, my social media, my industry, being a fighter, uh, there is no reason – no reason in any way why I should be talking about fleshlights. But here I have these, what I assume are children, <laughs> sending me pictures of fleshlights with my faces on it, on my Discord or oh in an Instagram. Oh, my God. Oh, my it's God. It's so weird. It's like, I, I get this photo, and I'm like, dude, didn't you tell me last week you're like 15 struggling with math class? Why are you sending me a picture of a fleshlight? It just, it's its a different struggle, I think. Being on TikTok? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, 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 Listen, my biggest... Fleshlights, they, yeah. They, they all have fleshlights. I remember once I was at dinner with, we're all in our, I'm 33, my sisters and brother are in their 20s, and we were all at dinner once, and uh, I, I found out one by one that they all seemed to have known that when I was in high school, I had a fleshlight, and it was the most humiliating <laughs> moment of my life, <laughs> that all three of my siblings were like, my brother said something, and then my sister raised an eye, and then the other sister started laughing, and I was like, no fucking way. That is horrifying. Horrifying. <laughs> All you can't hide. You can't hide anything from your siblings. That is fantastic. Oh, man. Now I just want to make stuff up and, and say it to my brother and be like, I know this about you, and see which ones he cops to. One of them just rifling through the closet, sees it, and shuts it real quick and runs what away. What else is your mom supposed to do? Well, the question is, if you had a flashlight, was your mother still doing your laundry and putting it away, or were you in the clear by that point? I think I would always, like, put it underneath, like, the clean shirts in one of the drawers. And uh, I, I, I thought I was in the clear. But then I think I was at college, and they moved. 
So I'm sure at some oh. point they're packing oh, up the boxes, packing up all the essentials. And uh, uh, my mom or, or my stepdad, I don't know which was worse, frankly, uh, had to discover that packing the boxes away. Did you forget about it going to college or you just were unable to take it with you? Yeah, well, I was so much pussy in college that, you know, I, <laughs> I, I had no need for this full fake, fake vagina. No, I just got another one for college. You grow out of a flashlight. These things are not meant to be lasting forever. You got to get a new one every once in a while. Upgrade. You know, you weren't swimming in the pink, so you bought a new one. That's fair. <laughs> it's, it's good. Well, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Like, you would have been, and i got to say this, all my guy friends that did, like, well, like musical theater majors, and I have a lot of them, every single one was gay. So you would have been the only straight one. So you would have been the most popular guy in, in, in musical theater. Oh, sure, sure. That, that's what they say. People always say straight guys in theater get more action. But I, I feel like women look at me the way you look at sushi at 7-Eleven. <laughs> like, like e- even if you're in the mood, you, you, you don't quite trust it. <laughs> eat at your own risk eat at your own risk yep i can see i, I remember can... i remember like in musical theater camp i go to these camps and and all the women would would start making out with the gay guys and and like for fun and i'd be in the back like whose dick do i have to suck to get some <laughs> pussy this is insane <laughs> I think you got to prove yourself. I think that's amazing. It's insane. I'm just like that. I think it just surprises me. I did not know one straight guy the whole time when I was doing college. Maybe (laughs) they were pretending to be gay to get some action. That's that's what I'm going for now. Because Jean Marco is just explaining, like apparently to get get laid in in uh, in musical theater, you have to be gay to get women. This is like this just gone down a deeply disturbing spiral. I do I do (laughs) want to take a bit of a sharp twist here. Uh, Please do. We th- we thought about this earlier on, and now I'm curious. Let's say I let's say the fight game when I'm 45 years old doesn't work for me anymore, and I want to be a comedian. Uh, how would I get started? Like either on TikTok or let's say I want to do it on social media. What was your best way to get started on that as a comedian? Don't use TikTok when you're 45 because that will be like 20 years out of date. Okay, YouTube. My bad. <laughs> yeah, I, I I feel I I really don't want to encourage anyone to pursue stand-up comedy. I feel like that's, that's uh, dangerous, but uh, I think I think you got to mix it in with doing live performance because the only reason I did okay on TikTok was because I had jokes that I had tested out in the real world and I saw that they worked in front of people and made people laugh. And then during the pandemic, that's what forced me to do it. I, in the privacy of my home, I just told the jokes to the phone. But it's hard to figure out how to write jokes if you never have live feedback. So I think you got to do a mix of both these things, and especially if you want to pursue stand-up and uh, do social media at the same time. That makes sense. you got to make sure what you're uh, saying actually makes people laugh. Well, I don't think you can have any job where you're in the public eye now without social media. It's absolutely imperative. Yeah. But most people can't swing it. Like, I, I get hired by a lot of different people because they just can't get those numbers up. How the fuck did you do it without someone yeah. like me? That's not fair. You're going to put me out of business. Uh, it's just it's just a short-form video. I just rode that wave. Reels, shorts, TikToks, Snapchats even. It's, uh, it's you just got to keep doing it. And then you got to, and I had a source. I had all my jokes. So I had like kind of an endless source of content. 
and uh, it's about consistency, and eventually something pops. Something has to pop sooner or later, and then you just try to keep doing keep doing that. That makes sense. That actually, yeah, that's what, the what, same advice I charge so much money for. Please stop giving that out for free. <laughs> what would you say is probably your most memorable moment from being a comedian? Uh, I performed on Real Housewives of New York, and it was uh, it was a nightmare. I mean, memorable <laughs> yeah. isn't always good. And uh, oh, that show was like, I, I knew it was a shit show when I was there. I knew, like, it wasn't going to go well. And I was with uh, uh, my friend, Remy Casimir, and she uh, had a joint. And I normally do not get stoned before shows, but I felt like this is a nightmare. I should lean in. So I got lean stoned. Into the and it was a weird uh, reality TV is, uh, is more fake I know reality TV is fake, but it's even faker than you think. Yes. And it was like they were having dinner while we performed the show in front of them. So right. it felt like it felt like I had decided to put on a stand-up comedy show next to strangers having dinner on film, and they did not want to be bothered. So it was uh, terrible. I I could not have bombed harder. I'm very thankful they only showed about two seconds of me in the episode. And uh, uh, it, 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 don't trust reality TV. It's all lies. How long were you up there telling jokes? Hey, I for? sell reality TV, and he's right. Like, I'm like, I'm like, hey, I'm going to defend this. <laughs> nah, he's right. Fuck that. Keep going. <laughs> Sorry, you were saying, Beth. I I, I did a full yeah, set. I did a full uh, 15 minute set, and uh, I told like a story that was very physical because I was like, well, if they're going to film me, I'll at least I'll you know show show off my goods. And uh, I could hear one or two crew members deep in the back laughing at one or two of my jokes. But otherwise, these housewives were just talking to each other for the camera and pretending they were getting drunk and fighting and all these things. And then, and then on, on camera, one of them had the audacity to say the room was dead. The vibe was dead. The performances stank. And I was like, you weren't fucking paying attention. Let's see you, Real Housewives. Let's see you tell one story, one joke. I challenge any of them. They're your worst no, don't audience ask ever, them. and they had the, yeah. the god to tell you. Yeah, sad. they had the gold to do that. Well, hang on. Don't ever ask them. Otherwise, you get, like, that voice that everyone does that always sounds like they're asking questions. Trust me, you don't want to ask them because then you got to listen. Yeah, Just yeah. The, uh, the, the worst of it, though, if you're having to be on this reality show – I'm, I'm very impressed. You got very lucky. They only showed about two seconds because they could have turned you into the bad guy. They could have turned you into the reason the whole thing failed. They could have turned you into the reason for the sure. drama. But here's sure. something you've got to think about. Now that you're getting bigger, you're getting more famous, you're going to get bigger still, that footage still exists and they can still use it. That's they right. They can still do That's whatever right. they want. Yep. It's a horrifying die. It's horrifying. <laughs> like, so now that you're getting more famous, are you ever worried about stuff like that coming back? them using what they own? You know, there's, there's like always uh, fears of like, oh, will this old joke come back to haunt me? Will something else come back to haunt me? It's, listen, if, if I'm lucky enough to succeed uh, 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 far enough that Real Housewives editors want to go back and pull footage, I've done pretty well for myself. That comes with the territory. So I'm just going to try to just wait to see <laughs> what old joke or old set 
sinks my entire career. I'll just see when it happens. And You're, try looking to your L- You're looking for your Al Franken moment. <laughs> no, no, God. <laughs> Al Franken, that's, that's a very, that's a very, that's a moment I don't want to have at all. I was thinking more like, <laughs> I, I don't even know. I don't want anything to happen to me. I want to have a happy life. And uh, uh, I perform on shows with Al Franken, which uh, is is probably a a compliment to me and a diss to him. And um, this is how it goes. Now, all that being said, I happen to love Al Franken. I think he is an excellent comedian. He was an excellent politician. And I hate the way things went for him, so I'm making jokes at his expense. But if you ever tune in here, mate, you were awesome when I knew you. You were awesome. I knew him when he did comedy, but you're awesome when I knew you. I'm sorry it happened. So I, I do like that bloke, all joking aside. You know, if you I get did, some... no, I did a show recently. Al Franken went on in the middle, and I closed it. And I was Seriously? like, that's not how the show's supposed to go. Like, having Al Franken in the middle and then me closing it is like if you had a show with Kevin Hart in the middle and you had Al Franken close it. <laughs> like, it doesn't make sense at all. Well, you got to you got to look at it where he's coming from. He's he's still trying to kind of keep a bit of a low profile, but that's awesome. You close for Al Franken, like he's still funny as fuck. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah. I, was, I was I was just thinking, you get famous enough, you can put on your own reality show and the, make the make real the housewives. housewives yeah, tell them they're comedy. boring. Sure, I'm sure at the like... point that I'm famous <laughs> enough for my 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 show that no one will know who they are anymore. So I don't know if I'm going to choose that. <laughs> Because you said, yeah, that's right. You said you're waiting for your audience to grow up. That's true. Now, is that hard for you? A lot of your audience on TikTok, especially, is when we look at your demographics, um, they're they're 13 to 21. Sure. I mean, look, that's just that's just how it goes. As a comedian, you got to appeal to a bunch of different people, and people will write me all the time, and they'll say, "Oh, is it 21 and over?" And I'm like, "I think so." And that's fine. That's just an audience member in three years, hopefully. But that's always how it goes. There's always reasons your fans. I can't tell you when they when they dropped all the the vaccine uh, mandates for like coming into clubs. The number of people being like, "Hey, I can finally see you," and I was like, "No, God, please just go go take care of yourself." <laughs> and uh, you got that's just. Comedians have to deal with a, a wide diversity of audiences because we cannot be picky. Not today. No, certainly not. Would you say you have a favorite kind of audience other than, uh, I guess, yeah, any favorite? Well, his TikTok audience is loyal as fuck. Like, I, I made, uh, they were the ones that jumped me for getting his stuff wrong. Like, I got a little bit on Twitter, but I'm not even big on TikTok. My mm-hmm. Twitter's bigger. And I got, like, two people on Twitter that yelled at me and then a few people when we were live yelling at me and then, like, all of TikTok. But they didn't even have the good manners to follow me and yell at me. They just yelled at me. Yeah. I mean, I think the best audience, it's always going to be a diverse audience. Diverse uh, uh, in every aspect of, of the word. You want, you want a bunch of different people because then the jokes that will just resonate with people differently. So that's kind of the goal, ultimately, is making sure that you don't have – I don't want just a young, young audience. I uh, I most certainly don't want like a all whitish audience. That's a, that's a very dull thing. You you want people that reflect just the diversity of America, and then you get to talk about everything, and nothing feels you you just all feel like you're all in on the joke, and uh, I I think that's the the best kind of crowd you can get. I like that's that. Fair. That's a really good way to put it. 
so guys, follow Jean-Marco Sorosi. Did I get Cerezi. that right? Sorosi? Sorosi. Jean-Marco Sorosi. Go follow Jean-Marco Sorosi. You guys can follow him on TikTok. Go follow him on TikTok. Go follow him on Instagram. Uh, they can go follow your podcast. Tell them where to find you. Yes, everywhere, everywhere, uh, at Gianmarco Cerezi, G-I-A-N-M-A-R-C-O-S-O-R-E-S-I. And my podcast is called The Downside. You can watch it on YouTube or listen, as it was originally intended, on anywhere you get your podcast, The Downside. I absolutely love that. Thank you so, so much for joining us. Um, I know you guys wanted to ask him some questions. We didn't get to a whole lot of them, but we did have a really, really good time. Uh, guys, check out Jean-Marco Cerezi. Thank you very, very much to my co-host, Bear Fiora. And thank you guys for tuning in. This is Behind the Scenes. Make sure you are following the show at TuneInBTS. Every- Thanks for checking out the show. Behind the Scenes can be heard live on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to join Summer Helene for more Scoop next week.